Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your co-host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. And coming from rural Virginia, I am J.P. Miller. Welcome to the show, guys and girls. Today is episode 119. JP 119 is uh is a big one. It's a big one. I am on record as saying this is not going to be a good show. This will not be a good show. It will be a great show. I am incredibly excited about it. Um our listeners today are going to get get the goods. I mean, they're getting the goods this week, JP. They get a we get a little preview of the PDRA Pro Stars of which you and I will be doing a live show from the PDRA Pro Stars um, in a week and a half. So that's exciting, right? I mean, how how much better does it get for all of our listeners, especially top sportsmen and top dragster fans? It's it's always good to be able to to get together and get the band back together, so to speak, and uh and do and do something live and we'll be able to pull in a couple of races and have them come by and, and sit down and give us their thoughts on the weekend. So that that's always fun. Um and I'm I'm definitely excited about this show today. Uh, I'm excited about all the content. I'm excited about the guests. Um, we got two awesome guests, so it, it's going to be an awesome show. Like you said, they're they're going to really like this one. Yeah, we've got the of course the preview for the Pro Stars. Um, we are going to get you caught up on all of the point standings across the series, so you can find out who you should be rooting for, and I guess or against the rest of the season. Um, so that's that's good education. And then we have two great guests. One, which is Mark Griffin. He is a top sportsman driver um, in the Midwest, mostly um, runs Midwest drag racing series stuff, but um, running an NHRA national event this upcoming weekend. And what he has is a very unique uh, power plant. It is a compressed air supercharger which I am wildly excited to um, find out more about because it's a really cool technology, not really widely used, uh, but making some serious horsepower and controlling your atmosphere. So when we talk about, you know, consistency and power, this seems like a really interesting option. Maybe maybe it can get itself in, uh, you know, in the discussions with, turbos and nitrous and all that stuff so that's really cool uh and then john o'neill who is um you know in the leadership position at the newly formed wdra we're going to find out um, his background how he got into this he spent a lot of time with the ihra 
And then also we're going to find out how the WDRA is going this year and what kind of what uh, routes they're planning. So that's exciting news in terms of drag racing kind of backstory and administration. So very, very good stuff, man. We've got a cool show and uh, really we should probably just even stop talking. I mean, it's going to we're get to it because it's uh, it's great stuff. I mean, we've got this kind of all-star weekend stuff going on right now. If you're a major league baseball fan, what else? Uh, oh, the running of the bulls and, Paloma, Spain. You're going to do that, right? You're going to go run with the Bulls at some point. I was going to go run with the Bulls, but my running shoes—I had some custom running shoes that I got made, yeah, and they didn't yeah, come yeah, in yeah. yet. Yeah, so I'm going to—I'll probably yeah. have them next year, but I'll probably have to get a 2024 model for next year. But I, I get it. I mean, I, <laughs> listen, I'm not worried about when I look at the Bull. I'll tell old T-Bone and Ribeye, listen, back up off of me, buddy. <laughs> you just <laughs> you say, listen. I'm either gonna you're either gonna pass on by or I'm gonna grill you up for dinner. One of the two. Like, these go. are our options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I think I think my running days are long gone. I spent a lot of time on a basketball court. If I run 95 feet in any one direction, my body assumes I'm out of bounds and wants to stop. And I know that a bull can run farther than 95 feet, so I'm in a big trouble over there. But. That's uh, interesting stuff from that standpoint. We've got kind of a good time, uh, you know, in the summer right now. We've got this all-star stuff with Major League Baseball, PDRA Pro Stars. Man, exciting, exciting times. But uh, great episode heading your way. So get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute. Clean the shop. Work on that old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on. Get strapped in. Because... Here we go. All right, let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Guys, girls, let's talk about the hottest thing going right now, which is the PDRA Pro Stars coming up next weekend. And I cannot wait. This is the PDRA's version of the All-Star Game, which is going on right now as we record uh, their home run hitting contest, the Summer Spectacular, if you will. And it is going to go down at Virginia Motorsports Park next weekend, July 22nd. And I cannot wait. I will be there with Winlight Bets. JP Miller, you will be there in full driving gear, letting go for 10 stacks. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, I got a Super 64 ticket, so I'll be there in the regular bracket race. I haven't raced enough to make pro stars or be in contention for any kind of points, but I just figured if I was going to be down there on the property, you might as well have a race car with me, and it's right in my backyard. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, They're going to have a lot of cool stuff going on. There's going to be concerts. I think there's going to be jet cars and alcohol funny cars and nitro funny cars and fireworks and we like all of it we like all all of it we like all of it we do we like all of that action um yeah i mean i i could care less about going to the major league baseball all-star game and watching a bunch of highly paid athletes half-ass it around the the field but i am fired up about the pdra pro stars event well, one thing about this race, they definitely will not be half-assing it. They will be going full bore. 
This is what I'm talking about, sir. This is exactly what I'm talking about. They're giving it. They are on full send right here. It's important. It's important to these guys to win. The top eight guys in each class have qualified for a special eight-car field shootout. Um, and why, why don't you tell us who those people are, first of all? Well, starting off with elite top sportsmen, we have Donnie Urban. So Hollywood is uh, Hollywood, leading number the way one, there, right? Number one, uh, defending champ Henry Underwoods. Number two, Chris Nitrous Nyergis is number three. Glenn Butcher is number four. Buddy, number one qualifier is mine and solely mine. Perkinson is number five. <laughs> Tim Lawrence is number six. Tim Molinar is number seven, and Scott Wise rounds out the top eight for the PDRA Pro Stars and Elite Top Sportsmen. So that ought to be an, an awesome race. Uh, really fast machines and really good drivers in that deal. Um, so I can't wait to get up in the stands and watch that. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, moving into Top Sportsman 32, another stellar field. You have Al Davidowski. Joe Rubichek, Vince Forcade Sr., Ronnie Proctor, Mark Payne, Mark Reese, Rodney Pryor, and Robbie Crenshaw. Really solid field of cars. Very uh, solid field. Yep. Uh, looks like about three world champions um, <laughs> in that field of cars. With, uh, right. You got... Yeah, Mark Payne's like former IHRA world champion, I believe. Ronnie Proctor's NHRA champion. Joe Rubichek's PDRA world champion. So yep. there, there's some hitters in that. Um, some hitters in that field. A lot of guys from Virginia in that field too. Just yeah, I know you're gonna. You love the Virginia <laughs> guys. We know. Well, they it's on their guys, home field. Right? It's their home track. <laughs> yeah. They should. They should be there. Yeah, good for them. That's uh, right. <laughs> Uh, what about on the top dragster side? Who we got there? So elite top dragster. Uh, no surprise at any of these names. Um, Steve Furr. Of course. Peter Maduri. Larry Roberts. Cal Harris. Russ Whitlock. Alan O'Brien. Tom Martino. And Kellen Farmer. There so you go. that is a, another very, very stout field. Um. Yeah, that's that's going to be good too. I and, I got a root. I got a root for Kyle Harris on that. I mean, because just to bring me altered to the top dragster field is pretty cool. Um, I'm never going to stop lobbying for top altered as a new class, but um, until that happens, I'm going to root for Kyle Harris to win top dragster every time. Yeah, every I, I love watching time. that thing run because it's so fast and it's just but. But I, I got to – if I'm going to pick one out of that, I got to go with my man, Kellen. I yeah, go Kellen. yeah. I mean, Kellen, Kellen's due to do something. He, so. he is, and <laughs> we love Kellen Farmer. We love him for sure. And, uh, yeah, I'm, you're right. He's due. He's due. So it would be hard to bet. I didn't say bet. If I was betting, I meant bet, bet on Kellen. But if I'm rooting, I might be right rooting for Kyle. You know maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll come down to Kellen and Kyle in the finals. Oh, that'd be fun. You know, you can you can actually make the wager if you play along with Winlight Bets, which is going to be there at the Pro Stars. You can play along. So download the Winlight Bets app as you're watching the race. 
you can actually make it real. You don't have to just talk smack. You can actually get skin in the game if it comes down to Kyle or Kellen. So that would be yep. pretty good. That would be pretty good, JP. Yes, sir. And if you own the property, come by the Trackside Casino and check out all the win like bets has to offer. That's exactly right. Um, what about the other top dragster group? Top dragster 32. Another solid field. We have Tisha Wilson, Patrick oh. McMath, Dickie Smith, T.G. Paschal, Shannon Roberts, Nick Maloney, Lucas Salemi, and Nicole Zuccarelli. So, top sports and top drags is going to be some really, really good racing, along with all the other classes that they're going to have. But, you right. know, our focus is top sportsmen and top drags. For sure. Yeah. No, that's that's going to be fantastic. So, uh, they've got a great show coming on, uh, but those... Those 16, or sorry, 32 folks that we just mentioned in Top Dragster and Top Sportsman are going to be competing for their own, you know, their own uh, Pro Stars trophy. And uh, we wish them all well. We wish them all well. Stay safe. Um, try to keep the parts breakage to a minimum. And uh, man, go go get it. Because this is a, just a cool event. I mean, what PDRA has come up, Tommy Franklin and Tyler Cross know what they've done is come up with a really cool event and man i'm excited to be just a really small part of it absolutely i'm definitely excited to be there definitely excited to get to to race in the 64 car shootout a little bit hoping not to get my head kicked in too bad so we'll see it's such an easy sport jp just let go of the button and go straight that's all you gotta do that's um what i'm told every time that's what i'm told every time it's an easy sport just let go of the button go straight right yeah that's it um but that is the pdra pro stars um as far as i'm concerned uh wiffle ball is much more exciting than major league baseball and um this pda pro stars is much more exciting than all of those combined all right let's put this thing in the beams on with us now from Marble Falls, Texas. He is a former Midwest Drag Racing Series top sportsman event winner. He's on his way to Bandemir as we speak to run the national event in top sportsman. On with us now, he's also the driver, I should say this, driver of the compressed air supercharger Camaro, Mark Griffin. How are you, Mark? Man, I'm doing great. Uh... Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to doing this. But yeah, all is good. All is good. Well, I had to have you on, Mark. We just, we've been, uh, JP and I have been very curious because you run a setup which is, I mean, I would say wildly different than the standard operating, which uh, most guys in top sportsman and top dragster do. And um, I think it's fascinating because it feels like it's got some really, uh, it's got some upside. So um, first of all, maybe I should just I should say this. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the car you drive in in Top Sportsman? That way, people can get a feel for you know for the uh, type of performance and the action you're given right now. Okay, um, so uh, I've got a, uh, a chassis um, Chrome Molly um, certified car. It's a it's a chassis that I bought. I bought the chassis up in Nebraska and then uh, hung a body on it. Uh, it's um, 
it is a um, it's an awesome car. Just kind of built it from a ground up around the chassis. Uh, it's uh, like I say, '68 Camaro, steel uh, quarters, uh, roof, uh, carbon fiber doors, um, and uh, glass front end. And uh, we're running a we're running a 540. Uh, just kind of we we've got a great machine shop, a Hill Country Performance out of the San Antonio area that builds our, it's a 540, uh, naturally aspirated. It makes a whole, about a 650 horsepower. So, oh, really? uh, okay. anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it, at, at first it kind of struggled to do a burnout. So we cranked up the timing, which, uh, as you hear, as we go along the time, we get the increased timing instead of decreased timing as we go through a run which is uh, very unique unique for uh, what we're doing but uh well, just, I babied this thing along all the way through and it's it's uh, been a great car a great chassis and uh we're just having a great time with it so to give our listeners some perspective you you said you've I mean I, uh, I hope this isn't insulting I mean, it's a pretty basic 540 right 650 uh, horse what do you, when yep. you put the compressed air supercharger system on it what type of horsepower are we making now so um, last weekend was the, the fastest run that I had made, not because I think it can do more, but we just we have a process that we go through uh, as the R&D guy here um, in the car. So last week we ran a 437 in the eighth mile at 166 miles an hour. And we're making about 2,100 horsepower with it. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty significant. I mean, you're talking about tripling the the horsepower with with that system um yeah, so yeah that's uh that's interesting stuff and this is going to be your first quarter mile pass i think right this weekend at bandamere no we've no we've actually been um we've been to uh houston we did the final down at houston a divisional this will be the first national event that i've okay. ever been to gotcha so, so yeah so, so, um, so get into this a little bit for us now. So explain the system. My understanding is that there's a couple major advantages that this system has over, say, a standard supercharger and or a turbo setup. Walk us through a system, uh, kind of the basics, and, and help us understand what it is that you have going on. Okay, so... Uh, Basically, we start out with uh, three carbon fiber uh, bottles, and they're designed for basically what goes in an aircraft. Uh, like on a 737, um, they, um, they store these bottles to produce air for like the emergency slide. That's what they'll fill those slides with. So aircraft grade, grade DOT uh, bottles, they're about 38 inches long. So I I run, I have two for the eighth mile, and then I have a third that I add for the quarter mile. And uh, those, those we fill those up with a dive compressor. So this is just breathable air that we use. Uh, uh, we have a Bauer dive compressor that we keep uh, four mother bottles uh, full in the trailer. And uh, basically, uh, we plug uh, a three-eighths hose on, uh, kind of like a just a standard air hose with a quick coupler. It's a 6,000-pound burst hose that we use. 
all the all the hoses in the car that are high pressure, they're a fifteen thousand pound uh, mm. burst hose. So they're very it's very safe. Um, you know the the first time I went down to Houston and NHRA saw it, I, I had every. Uh, since it was their last event, we had I, some of the guys uh, from all over uh, that were tech guys. So I had I had like six guys with their heads stuck in this car the first time I ever <laughs> went to an HR event, and they were trying to they they were blown away. They were very nice. Uh, we didn't know what to expect, but they were very nice about it. And of course, they let me run, so they obviously approved of it. But they took pictures of it and said this will be the t-. matter of fact. He, the the uh, national director he said, man, this is uh, this will be the talk of uh, NHRA uh, Monday morning. I can promise you. So, you know, it's it's been a very interesting uh, uh, track with this whole thing. But as we go through the bottles, high pressure hoses, that all goes into a regulator, which uh, it's on this car. Uh, we have it mounted uh, to the just to the right of the driver, say in between the seats, um, and that is that has uh, that's what reduces it down. And then we go from the regulator um, through a series of valves, and one of them is just a shutoff valve. If you've ever seen uh, like a propane uh, uh, forklift, they have a, a shutoff valve. So basically, it has a shutoff valve. And I run it. I run two hoses, two 20AN hoses, out of that in the shutoff valves, and then it goes into a Bosch uh, flat valve that's got a one-inch uh, flap that controls uh, the flow of the boost. And then from there, it goes up right beside my leg, but on both sides, the right side, of course, passenger side, it goes right up underneath the X bars. And then it goes into the front, uh, and it bolts on. We use a, a, a Wilson throttle body, a five-inch Wilson throttle body, uh, with uh, the ejector bolts on to the front of that throttle body. And we use a, not one of their 90-degree elbows. So, and I think you saw that in the picture and everything. Yeah. So if and, I'm uh, if I'm trying to picture this a little bit, Mark, I mean the the these sound like. In general terms, I know they're not accurate, but in general terms, if someone had, you know, was running nitrous, they would have bottle mounts and, you know, they would have maybe 15 pound bottles or something like that. If they're similar type yeah. setup and you're instead of running nitrous, yeah. you're running air, which um, yeah. seems cheaper than nitrous, which is good. Um, you can right compress the air right there. And then you're using a similar type throttle body to force air into those uh, nozzles just like you would nitrous or similar to nitrous. Is so, that correct? So one of the, the a really big difference, and uh, these guys uh, are R and D guys uh, in California. Carl and Dale both. They I call them the R and D, the owners. They get all kinds of names, but yeah, they all of this. You know, let's say nitrous. I mean, the the orifice on that nitrous man, they're really small. Maybe a. I'm not a nitrous guy, so let's just say they're quarter inch. So all of these high flow valves, the, the bottles, yes, we you know we we got from uh, uh, we got this certain bottle that was already manufactured. But Dale and and Carl, uh, Carl the mastermind behind the, the had to build valves instead of it 
this valve having a, uh, a, a three-eighths hole in it or a quarter-inch hole in it, these things have got um, a five-eighths hole in them. So all the valves, all the regulator, these are a very high-flow uh, uh, valves and regulators that, that was totally different. And anytime you put that much pressure on something uh, that big, you ought to try to seal it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just to cut the valves off on the bottle with that big of a hole, it is a, it, it took a very special talent to design these things. Yeah. To make them where they don't leak. So, you know, all the way through the Bosch valve that we use, the flat valve, and then up to the ejector. So at the ejector where these 20 ANs, they come in to both sides of that ejector. So whenever I turn, I'll, I do all of my burnouts naturally aspirated. And um, and right before, I've got it set up on my trans brake and my a delay box. I, I use a Mega 450. Okay. So after I let off the trans brake, if you've watched the video, it kind of sounds, I mean, it won't even really hit the converter. It won't hit it. You know, I've got the, it's uh, the, um, I've got it set about 4,400 RPM. So whenever it goes up uh, on the rev limiter, then it, it'll hit it. Uh, about 3,500 is all it'll go. But after I let off the button, four-tenths of a second after I do that, then the it actually shuts the valve in the front. There's a five-inch valve on that uh, flat valve that it shuts completely. So there is no outside air going in at all. It's all bottled air. So uh, once you. it shuts that, let off the button, it activates the air. Uh, and and the you can hear it just come alive. I mean, when it leaves the line, we're leaving about we're leaving with about eight pounds of boost. And the a couple great things about this system is that it's very um, you it's very manageable. So you can take and change the boost within a half a second. Uh, I go from uh, eight to ten pounds of boost. Uh, off the hit, off the line, to I'll go up to 32 pounds of boost in uh, in about four tenths of a second, and you can manage it anywhere you want to at the shift. Uh, of course, we just we build a map. We we use the Holly uh, uh, ECU stuff, Dominator. I mean, we've got we we just put on um, a couple uh, from one of the originals. Street Outlaws, uh, Tina Pierce, that started it all uh, with that group. Her and her husband, we just they they do the uh, dragon drive. So are the uh, anyway. That's what I call it. What do you call those? Where you drive thousand miles and run four or five. You know, oh yeah, the dragon drive oh, yeah. stuff, right? Dragon yeah, drive. yeah, yeah. So they're uh, you know they just started that and but anyway the you know this thing is just it's. It's very consistent. Um, usually, at the air coming through the regulators, can usually between 100 and 120 degrees below zero. So by the time, if whenever I'm at the line, air going into the intake is about it's about 70 degrees, and by the time I'm through a quarter mile run, it's it can be in the negatives. So right around anywhere from 10 degrees 
to minus 10 degrees uh, at the intake. So if you motors, they, they don't know what to think whenever you're running, whenever you've got that cold of air going through them. So uh, th- this one just loves it. I mean, it's very easy on parts, very easy uh, all the way through. So when you, this, uh, you said it's a valve behind the throttle body or in front of the throttle body. Yes. And that's what's, so what is, what is forcing the air? Is it the pressure in the bottle or is it the valve that you have on the throttle body? It's actually the pressure in the bottle. So we've got okay. 3,300 PSI. And oh, once wow. it gets to the regulator, then we can control it with a map from, let's say, I'm at zero to 150 pounds. Usually um, on a that 437 run, um, I'm, I'm running uh, line pressure that goes into the front of the ejector, which the ejector is what's mounted on the front of the Wilson throttle body. Um, and, of course, the flap is shut on that on the ejector so no outside air but usually that's around 120 pounds that's going into the front of that motor uh and that's producing around 30 to 31 pounds of boost okay so this this feels really very similar to like a nitrous setup to me right you can you turn it on you can set a map um is have you experimented with like an override system on this thing as well or how does that how does that work mark is that where you're going with all this what do you mean by override if something happens or what what do you um let's say if you're trying to drive the stripe and you say okay we've run the boost up to 30 pounds but really what we need on the top end is 35 pounds of boost and there would be a override button to get it up there is that something you can you can program it's there already yeah, you that's bet. What I thought. If you if you want to add five pounds of boost, I have I have mine set at four pounds of boost. So if if I've uh, you know if I've had a I know I've got a bad light, you know I'm I'm gonna try to you know catch up whatever I need to do or whatever's right. going yeah. on. I'll use that uh, scramble button basically. Yeah, there we go. There's that's weird. Yeah, scramble button. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've yeah. got one of those, which I mean again feels very nitrous oriented. Um, and then what about finish line driving? I mean, is this easy on the motor in terms of, uh, ripping on the top end or how does that work? Or have you yeah, not experimented yeah, with that? On the top. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, our, uh, my good buddy, uh, uh, Mr. Chitty, he's, he, he's on, he's on the hunt for, of course we're running uh, Midwest again. Sure. And, uh, he is, he is on the hunt. He's leading the points. And it, we, of course, we got rained out. Last, I mean, we made one round last week at St. Louis, and then got rained out. I mean, we had some torrential downpours. But uh, I, I cut a, I got a 009 light. He, he got a 34 light. And uh, yeah, at the end, I romped it once, and uh, just to make sure I didn't break out. Which this thing, the, the car is very consistent. It's just like I say, the loosen up behind the wheel. I don't always make those right decisions. And uh, so I'm learning all of that. I'm, you know, like I said, this car, it, it it's bit me twice because it's run, it's run, it's fastest run. And I have to consider track temp. I don't have to worry about, you know, atmosphere at all. So I'm, I, I spend a lot of time with track temp, 
entire temp before burnout, after burnout, and I, we've learned a lot. So uh, it's, uh, but yeah, you can romp on it, rip on it, whatever you need to do, and it, it just uh, it follows right along with uh, the throttle position sensor. So whatever it's at, it's control. It's that fast. It's that precise. If I let off that throttle, it slows the air down instantly. That, that's what I was going to ask you. How did that tie into what you with your throttle? So it's 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 all off of you doing all of this off of uh, electronics, or is this a mechanical connection? All like electronics. Okay. All electronics. Yeah. This thing has got since it's kind of was the the test car. We we've got uh, I mean we've got ten or twelve. We got eleven transducers reading pressure all over this system. And uh, so, yes, everything that we do is all on the electronics using that. Uh, we actually have a CAS computer system um, that is in the car. We're using two because we, we like reading. Uh, we like reading both sides and, uh, and controlling both sides. We, we've got a couple different ways we can do it. So, uh, but that just gives us all the information we need. Uh, in the R&D world here. so It makes sense. So, Mark, the way I understand this is you really have, at least now, you have kind of three systems, right? One, which is the baseline system that I think you told me off the air goes up to 1,300 horse, right? Yeah. And then, and then you've got the two-gun system, which is what you're running now, and that takes you up to about 2,400. And then there's yeah. a there's a... A third version, which is, you know, that's kind of the big boy version for pro mods that is uh, close now, to coming out, that, right? That, yeah, that, so, now it's not close, but it's just, uh, it's in theory and moving that direction. Yeah, so, so, so the uh, questions that yeah. I have, which I, I mean, this is brass tacks for me, right? One is, from a weight standpoint, how does this system stack up against, say, somebody running a nitrous system and or turbos or blowers or, you know, pro charger like that? How, do, how does the weight of all the system stack up to those so, other power adders? So, uh, you know, uh, nitrous, man, and I, I'm just, I think it's probably... Uh, I, I would say that uh, my the system that I've got in my car with bottles, the carbon fiber bottles, they weigh about 22 pounds a piece. Mm-hmm. And, and then hoses, um, stain, I've got some stainless steel hoses, braided hoses, everything. From from what I can tell, we're we're I'm about 175 pounds of system. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's with bottle and everything. So, uh, you know, your pro chargers. I don't know, man. I'm. I don't. I don't know. I'm thinking 300 pounds or so pro charger. All the stuff. I, some of y'all might could tell me, but yeah. uh, I think we're. Yeah, it, it yeah. feels like so, 175 is comparable though. Like that's not. It, it's yeah. not yeah. super. Not incredibly heavy compared to some of these other systems, but I mean, well, blower probably yeah. is more, but. Okay, so 175 yeah. bucks or pounds, right? Um, right, right? And then uh, you can tell where my brain is already at. So, is this system for sale um, to the general public? And if so, how does it compare from a pricing standpoint to, say, somebody trying to run nitrous or buy a pro yeah. charger system or something? 
So here's what I've seen in my new racing career over the last couple of years. Okay. These guys that run top horsemen with us, that, that run pro chargers, that run nitrous, they are always working on these cars. <laughs> I mean, there's carnage. I mean, I'm just telling you, there's always carnage. <laughs> I mean, Accurate. Man, I mean, I went through 150 runs last year, and, um, you know, I didn't have any carnage. I didn't work on my car. I I, I run with a with cheater. A, a That's cheating, that, Mark. You're supposed to work your tail cheating. off. Cheating. I'm a cheater. <laughs> I don't use a weather station. I'm a cheater, man. I'm a cheater. But it's too uh, easy. you know the guy that I run with, he he uses a, a blower. It's a Bickle car. He runs Top Sportsman with me. Great guy. And man, it liked to wore them out last year working on that thing. And yeah. and they got some things right. Uh, for this year, but I'm telling you, whenever I'm done, we we check. I have to make myself change the plugs because they look perfect. I pull them out and I use them, and I've got a Don Davis Roadster that's got a single system on it. Um, here we go. And I pull them out and put them over there to put them in it. You know, just because I have to check. This thing is so easy on parts, and. Um, so what, what what did you say? We said it was a roaster bar. Oh jeez! It's a it's a '95 uh, uh, Don Davis Roadster, and uh, I put a single. It's got a 572. This is a little different deal. So here's my concept on what I'm doing with the Roadster. So I've got a 14 and a half to one 572 Brodex. So the car ran 515s in the eighth mile, 138 miles an hour. <laughs> and um, so it very fun car. It's one of those that they just uh, we we won a, a Mark. A I just I got to tell you this. I, our our longtime <laughs> listeners right now are barely holding it in because <laughs> they will tell you that um, the word roadster gives me hives. And um, I kind of so, set you up. I kind of yeah, set you up, Mark. I'm sorry. Yeah, JP is laughing his butt off here um, because he knows that I'm just I'm coiling right now in my seat. So you yeah. spoke more about well, roadsters okay, than anybody keep... has ever on our show, and uh, so just just for the record, um, you know, you're you're tread lightly, sir. You've had a great interview so far. <laughs> tread lightly. You know, I, I went through a, I went through a, do, a door car and three dragsters uh, at Noble the other day and won it and and I just run it in Super Pro, but uh, they just hate me. I can tell whenever I pull up, they just hate me. But uh, anyway, so uh, but the concept with this car is uh, we can whether we're doing uh, Super Gas or whether we're doing an Index a Five O. Uh, 580 whatever it is we'll be able to put a map in with without a throttle stop yeah that's pretty uh, impressive yeah you know, that's really impressive. we just put a map in go out and make a hit if we're running a 50 index it the car already it ran a 518 519 naturally aspirated so I, I wasn't really looking to put a bunch of boost to it i'm just if i want to run 50 index i put that map in if yeah. i want to slow it down then I take air. I take the, I mean, it's completely a controlled atmosphere. So I can run a six O if I want to, I just put the map in, slows the air down, 
fuel mixtures, everything right, and off it goes. So, pretty cool deal. Personally, I'm I'm very curious about this system. Uh, You know, I'm very curious, so I want to learn more. But how would our listeners learn more? So, uh, you can go over to uh, um, Compressed Air Supercharging and on our website and then also we have a um you we have a youtube video you can just type in compressed air supercharging it's like a 28 29 minute uh, youtube video and they go through and uh dale and carl they're on both of those guys are on there and they go through with uh basically paper and pencil and explain how this works and uh like I say, that's, and I'm also on Facebook. You can look up Mark Griffin, and I'll have the CAS symbol, the CAS symbol yep. on my uh, Facebook page. I've done some stuff. Uh, matter of fact, I've I'm, I'm got an opportunity. Uh, 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 Joe Castillo with NHRA that does the tension in the pit. Costello. Yep. We're going to be out. To, we're going to, yeah, Costello. We're going to be out doing that this weekend. Oh, awesome. He's going to come and do a, uh, do a little uh, uh, interview with me on the car on Friday, it looks like. But uh, Very cool. So, But, uh, you know, just all of that, you know, um, look, I've, I, on my Facebook page, I've got some, uh, I've got five, uh, five or six minute videos on how I feel the, the car. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like come in, that, that's the least of our worries when we feel the car. Yeah, uh, we keep air pumped. Uh, the dive compressor—it's a small um, uh, dive compressor that's portable, and we just put it up in the front of the the motorhome or whatever, and keep it running, keep air going. And uh, but it's a very—it's it, just as easy as fuel in the car. So not a big long process to fill up the bottles in the car. Usually, if we're running uh, with three bottles. Running eighth mile at we're filling the 3300 psi. Usually when we're done with that pass, we have still have about uh, between 17 and 1800 pounds of air. So okay. if we're doing a quarter mile run, we're down to about 1100 psi. Gotcha. So we're not depleting the whole deal. So. Well, this has been really informative. Um, excited to go check out that video. We'll have a link in the. Um, you know, on the Facebook page and all that stuff. So if our listeners have, you know, more questions, they can go uh, check you out, Uh, but go get them this weekend. I'm excited to, you know, have you run up in the atmosphere and doesn't sound like you'll have any issues with that. So go get them. I should go out. Yeah. Should go out and run my 437, 438, even in Denver, Colorado. We like it. We like it. Um, Lovely. Yeah, Mark, thanks for coming on. Good luck this weekend. Uh, Guys, girls, that was the great Mark Griffin, if you need him. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. For all your high-horsepower legal needs, get with Ed Harney at dragracelawyer.com he is there for you if you need him and jp miller is here for you with the national points updates across all series which is really it's about time we did this because it is kind of like we talked about earlier the all-star game it's kind of halfway through the season 
it's time to get us caught up on who has had a good first half, JP. Absolutely, Rex. Uh, before we do that, little on-track action this weekend had the uh, the open um, at Numidia. Uh, that was basically two races. So uh, just want to say congratulations to uh, Ronnie Proctor taking the first win in Top Sportsman uh, over George Forrester and Jessica Eastburn taking the win over Fast Freddie Perkins and Top Dragster. The second day, you had uh, Vince Mussolino in top dragster over Marty Jones and Freddie Perkins, who jumped in the top sportsman car and picked up the win uh, the second day. Well, Fast Freddie, I mean, he does, right? He's got a handful of cars. He's got a top dragster. He's got that 57 Chevy, which is a cool top sportsman car, but he and and I think he's got a Nova as well that he runs sometimes. So, you know, depending on the track, depending on you know just a number of conditions, he pulls out the right tool and then goes to work. So um, I I don't have the data in front of me, but it, who knows what car Fred, Fast Freddy was in? But um, we do know this: he's going to be racing and he's going to be fast. Yes, sir. He definitely had a good weekend. And uh, also, uh, congratulations to Brian Volman, who was runner-up the second day in Top Sportsman. There you go. There you go. So, right. moving on. I'm sorry. No, that's. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about who has put themselves in position to get in position to win the championship now in all the divisionals. Well, let's get into it. Um. We'll just stay with NHRA on the national scene. Let's see. NHRA uh, national um, leader and top dragster is Clint Rowley. Let's see. And top sportsman, it's Lance Abbott. We'll move into the division leaders. Uh, D1, you have Ron Regal. D2, James Hinkle. D3, Jeff Brooks. D4, David Bills. D5, Alan Firestone. D6, Robert Storm. And D7 is Mike Hyatt and top sportsman. See, that's what I would like, JP. And just like the PDRA has a Pro Stars, and I know the NHRA has an All-Star, JEGS All-Stars, and that's what makes it so cool. And it's harder when you're talking about the entire country as opposed to the PDRA, which is more mostly southeast. But how cool would it be to get, you know, let's say a Mark Regal at a Division One and Alan Firestone going at it and at a Division Five because those are both great racers. And we know that list that you just gave, um, very high quality cars, very high quality racers. Yes. And it's the one thing that we don't get very often, right, is we don't get the best of the best. You can actually win a national championship and not race against the number two guy, which is, um, you know, it's, a, it's just a quirk of the system. You know, there's nothing we can do when you're, you know, when it takes, well, it's a cannonball run record, 32 hours to go across country. And that's, you know, not filling up and, you know, going averaging 120 miles an hour or something like that it takes it's just a tough thing to do so so yeah. uh yeah um those are all great racers and i, I just um man uh, i would love to see those guys all together like the pdra puts yeah. them together i know it's not it easy be, hard to do but 
Yeah, it's so many different parts of the country, but it will be really, really cool to get all of them together and like meet on a neutral track that they none of them really run at and just you know right. go. Yep. So moving into our division leaders and top drags, the D1, you have Vince Mussolino. D2 was Clint Rowley. D3 is Taylor Vetter. D4, J.R. Baxter. D5, Bradley Johnson. D6 is Clint Geist. And D7th is uh, Brianna Wings. So another stout uh, group of cars right there. Um, those are your division leaders in NHRA, top, top sportsman and top dragster. Um, in the Midwest Drag Racing Series, Michael Chitty is leading the way in top sportsman. And Cody Moore is leading top dragster. So those are all of your points leaders. All right. Uh, for for NHRA, um, and then we need to jump into PDRA. Okay. And so, we'll just... Yeah. So that's um, yeah. The Midwest Drag Race Series we don't cover quite as much, and it's mostly because they've had some bad luck with some rain and stuff like that. But any championship is something to be very prideful about, and those guys are leading that uh, series. And um, my guess is they're going to have a heck of a back half of the season. There's some. There's some cars, and the season gets a little better for them, I think, in terms of weather and some things like that. And that Midwest drag racing series could get interesting as the season goes on. So um, we'll have to see if uh, if those guys can, you know, uh, keep their lead, so to speak, in there. So what about the PDRA, though? It's a, We talked about All-Stars or the Pro-Stars before, I should say. But that's a little bit different because the way the Pro Stars gets their points is some from last year. This Their series lead now, the season championship, is just points from this season. So how does that work? What, who's in the lead there? Well, <laughs> in some of the classes, it's the same people leading, but we'll just run through the leaders real quick. Elite top sportsman's Donnie Urban. Yep. Uh, top sportsman 32 is Al Davidowski. Elite top dragster is Steve Furr. And top dragster 32 is TG Passel. So little mix up, and it's a little mix up like if you go down into the points. But for the most part, usually whoever's leading the points is usually in the lead for pro stars, just sure. depending on how many events they made the season before because the way they combine last year's points totals and this year's points totals plays a big part into it. So Right, yeah. But technically, you could have done nothing last year and be in the lead for the points this year and, and not make the yeah. pro-stars. I mean, I, it would be and, tough. And I not think, make the pro-stars. That's right. Yep. Interesting. All right. So, um, you, I mean, we've talked with a lot of these people. I mean, we've we've had a lot of these people on the show. I mean, Brianna Weens, uh, D7 out there, I mean, she was one of the very first people that came on the show. Uh, you know, Steve Furr, we've had him on lately. We've had, you know, we've had uh, Tisha Wilson, who was a great interview. I mean, we've had most of these people on the show. So um, it, they should be people that you can root for and, and you know, maybe have a little bit of vesting interest in as well. So it'll be exciting as we hit the second half of the season. Definitely will be exciting. And um, I'm, I'm, anxious to watch and see how all these points battles are going to shake out. And as we get 
closer to the end of the season, we'll start going into it a little bit more in depth, especially if we get a lot of the close battles and if, if it comes down to, you know, NHR is always interesting because it'll come down to who claimed what race and what race can they get and mm-hmm. where can they go to get points here and there. So that's always interesting to take a look at that and kind of unpack that and see how all of that's going to shake out. Um, so we will be watching closely and we will be keeping you updated. The w- To your point, um, we will do another points update, but one of the biggest things with NHRA is who makes the trip to Vegas at the end of the year. You know, that end of the year, uh, 64 car field. And as someone who has recently made the trip to Vegas, uh, let me tell you, it is not for the faint of heart. There's about seemingly about 7,000 miles in the middle of the country that uh, there's no cell service. There's no, it's just wind and concrete. And uh, then, you know, some, some week later you show up in Vegas. It is a, it, it is something you have to commit to, JP. I'm just telling you, you have to commit to going out there. So as we get down, people, uh, if they go and they make that, try to win that race, they have committed to making that uh, thing, that victory there. So, yeah, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. And uh, we'll tell you more next time on the Half Track Report. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for a second and bring on the director of the WDRA from Norwalk, Ohio, my friend, John O'Neill. Johnny O, what is happening, man? Sam old. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all on the right side of the dirt, so that is helpful. Is it not? Always good. Absolutely. You're right, though, man. Just director does sound funny. Well, we're uh, going to have to work on that. Yeah, HFMIC isn't politically correct so i don't think we should say that but uh i think we should give you the national or worldwide or how about intergalactic director intergalactic director of the wdra um which is i like it kind of what you're doing right now i mean you you have been instrumental in starting organizing running a brand new drag racing association um, man, exciting times for you, I'm sure. Um, this this year, you've kicked it off, um, got it going. Can you give us a, a brief kind of state of the uh, union in terms of the WDRA, the, the first kind of, you know, half year that you've been in existence? Uh, sure. Uh, it's been a whirlwind. Um, it's, uh, it's a combination of things. It was something that I was thrown into um, unexpectedly, but it was something that I thought may always have to be a, a turning point in in my life in motorsports and in my career. Um, but it was never really something that I planned for. It was, <laughs> um, and so being put in that situation, you know, me and the the guys, small group of guys that I'm working with, guys and gals that I'm working with, had an opportunity to kind of rewrite the book. Um, this is the first new drag racing sanctioning body that sanctions facilities. Um, there are plenty of, you know, groups that call themselves sanctions that, that just work with race cars and racers, which is great, but this is the first one since, you know, the IHRA. Right. And, um, 
it, it's uh, it's a <laughs> it's a it's been a learning curve and it's been literally building the airplane as it's taking off um, and hoping that we have all the pieces in place. But it only took us, I'd say, a month and a half or two to get in a rhythm and get in a swing. And there were some huge endeavors that we had to uh, take. You know, you, you talk about writing the rule book from scratch and building, you know, the, the software we use to process memberships and keep everybody's data safe. You know, finding a partner like Trackside was, was a, you know, heaven sent to us. And, yeah, it's been it's it's been an amazing journey so far, and it's really telling as to where this industry is going and how big we can grow this thing in the future. So, John, as I understand it, you started in drag racing like right out of college. How did you how did you get started working in drag racing? Well, I applied for I applied for a job. Um, well, I, I was the editor of my college newspaper, and a kid that worked for me knew I was into cars and knew I wanted to take photos and write for a living. And, um, said there's a, there's a, uh, job posted in Ohio. I went to the university of Akron and, um, it has something to do with cars and, and sent me a link. And, uh, the ad said, uh, don't show up and don't call, um, you know, send us your resume and, and a bunch of your work. And it was for a PR position writing on Drag Review magazine uh, back when it was still in print. And I took that opportunity and showed up at the office and uh, just like they said not to and uh, started a started a relationship and they liked what I was doing. And, um, you know, luckily that position was filled by a guy who'd left previously for family reasons and came back. And um, I took it upon myself when I was getting ready to graduate to uh, look at the schedule. And there was something called a pro-am race, which I had no idea what that was at a place called Cordova Dragway. And I had no idea where that was. And uh, I looked it up and I called the phone number for the drag strip. And I said, listen, the IHRA has no idea what I'm doing here, but I need to get into your drag strip and I need to take some photos and I need to write an article. And by the way, I'm a broke college kid and I don't have money for a hotel. Can I set up my tent uh, at the drag strip? And this sweet lady said, come on down, honey, we'll take care of you. And that lady's name was Laura Gardner, Scott Gardner's uh, wife. And um, it's been a spiral since then. The fact that I got a thousand words that were ready for the magazine and big, uh, you know, hand printed. This is back when film was still a thing. Hand printed 11 by 17 prints from the college darkroom uh, back in the office on Monday morning. They said, listen, we got to find a spot for this kid. And um, Started out at the IHRA, like you said, straight out of school and uh, moved into uh, being an event director for a series called Street Warriors, which was about getting the youth off the street, off the streets, and onto drag strips, and um, went to IHRA tracks and NHRA tracks and outlaw tracks, and even went to non-tracks and and put on you know streetcar style takeover events, and and it was cool. And then I got into the serious racing stuff and moved into being a division director for the IHRA for a long time. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey, that's for sure. 
Yeah, you tell that story, John, about how you you know were very persistent um, with the interview process, um, and then and then you know go to Cordova, like you say, you didn't know where it was at, you know, and we know now it's a you know a great track and had great leadership there, but but then you sure. you know you you write the article, come back, you print it, get it on their desk before before they in even the IHRA headquarters even had the results from the race, right? They weren't going to get the results until yeah, Monday I, evening or if something. If I remember you... correctly, yeah, if I remember correctly, that was still when the division directors had to fax the CompuLink run data back to the home office. Right. And that would always have to happen on Monday morning because you couldn't find a fax machine on Sunday night when the race was over. So I had, you know, I left early enough on Sunday to, break into the college dark room and print the prints and stayed up all night and wrote, you know, wrote an article and, uh, yeah, walked it in, you know, drove, I was about an hour and a half from the office, uh, here in Norwalk and drove my happy butt out here and dropped it on the <laughs> desk and, and waved at everybody and walked back out the door. And, and they called me when I was on my drive back home and said, we're going to find something for you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've told that story um, to a young person who was um, you know kind of going. I don't know what I would do from college, and I said, "Well, you need to talk to John O'Neill because how he did it is the template on how to prove that <laughs> you know you're you're ready to go, and um, you know won't take no for an answer, and you know are will be someone that you want on your team." And so I, th I always think that's a great story, and uh, obviously it's you know created a good career for you, and you've. You've um, seen a lot of stuff in your days. How long? Um, well, we won't talk about how old you are, John, but we'll we'll just say that it's been a good career thus far. And 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 then you know you've got this great opportunity here with the WDRA, and uh, in a different different setup, right? Different leadership, different mentality on how an organization can be successful. Sure. Um, actually, we can go into it. Uh, yesterday was actually my birthday. Um, All right. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we were, I know we were supposed to get on the call yesterday and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to push you today, but um, it's, uh, let me see, that would have been 2004 or 2005 uh, that I first started with the IHRA. And, and actually, before they could even hire me, uh, there may or may not allegedly have been some work done uh, under the table just to kind of get me in the door and start getting me trained um, before they could actually put a new hire on the books. Um, so I don't, I, people have asked me that, I don't actually know my original start date. Uh, that's something that occurs <laughs> when you have, um, you know, six or seven ownership group changes of the company that you work for uh, with your tenure. I don't know who I had health insurance with, where my 401k was, or <laughs> when I started. Um, yet I've lived in the same apartment uh, pretty much since the day I moved here. Well, you know, you, you go with what works, John. Go with what works, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, what I've fallen in love with is the opportunity to work with people um, uh, you know, I know it's a corny, you know, resume line item, but I simply love being a problem solver. Um, and when somebody has a problem in this industry, 
there needs to be someone with the experience and the know-how to help talk them through it. Yeah. And that's something that I, uh, it's one of the very few things that I, I feel like I can say without any vanity is that I've been through enough turmoil. I've been through enough, you know, emergencies and weather and, you know, drag down, knockout fist fights in the pits and, you know, timing system issues and, you know, electric strikes and, you know, heck now the global pandemic, you know, it's when you go through just about everything you think you can go through, um, you know, I, I will never pretend like I have all the answers, but I feel like I have the toolkit that's necessary to help people through this. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I've always worked for the little guy. Uh, you know, I've been the underdog my entire career on the underdog team in what seems like it's the underdog sport and in the facility management and track ownership side of this thing, there's been an underdog culture to tracks that were not with the Coca-Cola of this industry, which right. is the NHRA. And, uh, and they have an unbeatable brand. And the the work they do with that brand is amazing. And there's a market for it, and there's a fan for it, and there's a racer for it. But there's also a track owner or operator that will never see John Force step foot on their property. And they need help on a Saturday night right. at 2 a.m. when something goes wrong. And that's what that's what I've built a career on. Well, I think you're you you hit on something there and what i've noticed and you know in my own travels here over the last several years is that you know these track operators man it's a it's a tough um ungrateful job that they do for the most part and um it it takes a special person to be able to figure out how to how to make these things work and there's a lot to it i mean you got to have you got to have a broad range of skill sets and, you know, you over the years have kind of figured that out a little bit from all the experiences. And so you have a good perspective you can give these people that need help making sure the, the, you know, the show goes on. And so, you know, that's, that, that's a big deal. Yeah. John, what, what would you say to somebody who was, who was thinking about maybe getting into the track operating side or, or owning a racetrack, what, what would what advice would you give to them in this day and age? Run away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That, that, I, that's the first advice I give. When somebody tells me they want to buy a racetrack, I say, don't do it. And the reason is because it, if I can help weed out the people that think that this is an easy ownership or an easy career path or an easy way to make money, then that helps the industry as a whole. Right. I want to be dragging you by your ankles away from signing that contract. And I want you to fight so hard to claw yourself back and say, this is what I want to do. That's the track owner that I want to see. Right. So uh, say uh, that that happens, then what, what is your advice then once you see that they really want it? After they sign. Well, I'm a realist. I'm a, I'm a realist, and I'm going to give it to you honest. That one, there's a very uh, notable conversation with the track owner that I had, and he said, "Okay, I bought this little drag strip, and I I want to see it grow. What do I do?" And I said, "Paint everything, 
fix the holes in the bathroom floor, uh, fix the hole in the racetrack, bolt a couple pieces of the guardrail back together, twist some of the wire nuts a little tighter on the PA system, make it so the timing system works at least half of the amount of time and run it for a year and see if you still want to be here. Uh, yeah. Because still, after you're an owner, um, you know, it, it takes a couple of years of getting your teeth kicked in by the sport, um, you know, before you realize that this is really where you want to be. Um, the, one of the last track owners that I, uh, that I had that conversation with, he didn't do that. Um, he went the opposite direction and he went field of dream style. Um, I think there are days that he's happy with his decision and, and he's point blank told me, man, Johnny, I wish I would have, I wish I would have taken your advice. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Great guy, great family, great drag strip. Wish him the best of luck. But um, the key to this industry is being a realist with the fact that you are in an industry that is based on a hobby. You are not a necessity to your biggest customer. And you are not a necessity to your biggest fan. Um, you are a hobby and it needs to be fun. And the way that you keep it fun is number one, keep it safe, try not to kill anybody. And number two, keep it fair. And, you know, try and not screw someone out of something that they feel they deserve. Now, that being said, you know, a lot of situations in drag racing where you've got one competitor against another, uh, you have to make a lot of decisions where one person is going to become your worst enemy and one person is going to become your, your best friend on a decision you make. And that's another role that I take, uh, yeah. you know, in working with drag strips is helping them make those decisions. Um, and, you know, number two, uh, the next most important thing is getting yourself aligned with the best sanctioning body in the sport for grassroots racing and, I'm kind of biased on that one. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Well, and I think, I mean, I will, um, you know, I, you and I have talked about this extensively, but we'll just touch on it briefly. But I mean, I really believe that these track operators will have um, a big boost when we, when we get legalized gaming for the, the sport. Right. And so that's going to be a big revenue source for these guys. Um, and, and hopefully, um, greases the wheels a little bit, but, um, and WDRA has been, um, a big proponent of Winlight bets and Winlight bets, a proponent of WDRA. So, um, excited about that. What's, um, I know you have your world finals coming up here at the end of the year. Um, any other news that you can break? We love breaking news on the fast brackets podcast. Any other breaking news that you're willing to share about the WDRA? Uh, we are not in the breaking news time of the season right now. Okay. Um, Fair. All, 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 I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but the breaking news <laughs> that is burning a hole in my pocket is going to have to stay there for a bit. That's cruel, um, but fair. Yep. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, it, it's important to, it's important to finish what we've started here with this season and, and uh, yeah. you know, the things that we're putting in place for next season will, uh, you know, will we'll remain uh, 
uh, behind the curtain, if you will, uh, until it's time. But understood. Uh, what's exciting? What's exciting is that I'm still getting phone calls from companies that want to help base tracks through what we do in the WDRA. Right. Um, I'm I'm working on some documents that um, that go out to drag strips that tell them about some of the opportunities that these you know companies are offering. You know, I mentioned Trackside earlier. That's the you know the company that's helping us with our membership software and our all of our database needs and all of our storage needs and um, you know they've offered a pretty sizable and substantial discount to WDRA tracks who want to get involved with their service. And what they do is it's kind of an all-in-one ticketing platform, first of all. It's a sales platform for services and products. But the really amazing thing and the revolutionary thing is all of the digital tech card and waiver uh, processing that they can handle and you know, working on uh, getting that data from the digital world to the digital world of the different timing systems, which can be, uh, which can be a funky enterprise. You know, you're you're talking right. about timing systems that, you know, run on a on a hamster wheel, um, you know, under the under the counter in some of these towers. But, um, you know, I mean, heard at at Total Venue Concepts and um, you know, offering huge discounts and. I'll tell you what has just been earth shattering is to, to hear from racetracks that have reached out to Renegade, who's offering not only dealer pricing, but free drums of traction compound huge. Uh, to WDRA racetracks. It is absolutely huge. And they go, well, heck, dude, I got to try it. And I go, right. I, you know, I hate to call hate to you know call names here but you're kind of an idiot if you don't it is <laughs> right. un, an unprecedented deal that they're offering yeah uh, i mean billy over at alliance Raceware, he was one of the first that called me up and said man if you guys are doing this you know he's a big friend of our you know our founder and owner don scott he said man you know if he's in this i want to be in what do i do and i said you offer a giant discount to wdra racers and then secondarily, you offer a giant discount to WDRA racetracks. And there are racetracks that are that keep asking me about getting, you know, fire gear and safety gear, um, you know, for their first responders on site. Uh, you know, I think the racetrack goes out and, and tries to sell a sponsorship. And, you know, we all see signs and banners and billboards at racetracks. But how about embroidering, you know, the sponsor logo, win light bets real big across the back of all the fire safety crew on their, you know, custom fire apparel, um, you know, right down to, you know, the supplies that the racetracks use day in and day out from trash can liners to everything they need in the concession stand, the solvents and lacquer thinner and MEK, which are two of the big chemicals that we use at drag strips. You know, uh, Steve at, at First Aid is offering 50% off the catalog price. 50% off, half. There are racetracks that are buying drums of lacquer thinner and MEK and getting them freight delivered on a pallet, which takes hazmat cheaper than they can go to their local supplier and buy it. That's interesting. Huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And that's, that's a big yep. deal in making these guys operate efficiently. And you guys have done a, a great job in helping these guys do that. So, 
Well, um, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. I'm wildly excited for you guys and all the things that um, I know you guys have on tap. Um, if we do not see each other before then, I know we will see each other at your uh, the WDRA World Finals in uh, Darlington, Darlington, South Carolina later this year. Yep. Um, Excited so, about that. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be big uh, big deal. Um, that'll be that'll be great stuff. So, John, appreciate you coming on, man. Um, as always, you know if you if you've got the breaking news, you come back, you talk to us. We're gonna. We're going to say this is a good one, but we, we do love the breaking news. So next time you have breaking news, you come on, you, you talk with us and give us the scoop. But thank you so much for coming on today and uh, and being a part of the show. There's no Absolutely. I think I could sit, sit and BS with you guys for hours. So. Well, I think we have, John. I really John. appreciate the opportunity. Usually there's a cocktail involved, but I know we have done that before. <laughs> you and I have. That is absolutely correct. Yep. Uh, guys, girls, that is your intergalactic director of the WDRA, my man, Johnny O. All right, as we hit the mile per hour cone, J.P. Miller, let's talk about one of our own, or at least someone who we should bring into the fold because he is acting a lot like a top dragster driver. And that is Travis Laster Sr., who just became the most recent multi, well, I don't know if multi-million dollars is the right word, but over a million dollar victory winner. He won $1.1 million at the SFG Promotions event over the 4th of July and my man was dialed at his worst of 415 all weekend long which was the fastest car on the property getting it done right to the winner circle for 1.1 million dollars yeah he had to be the fastest guy to ever win that deal that's the it's not that he done it. I mean, doing it is hard enough as it is, but in the way that he done it, um, I'm hearing that at one point he was dialed 406 <laughs> and Ooh. then like comes back another round and he's dialed like 412. So not to give up too much of his information on what he's holding, but I mean, <laughs> he was just out there just driving the wheels off of that thing and going for it, man. So that's, you know, hats off to him. And uh, that's definitely that's definitely top dragster ish right there. Well, <laughs> there's no doubt. There's no doubt that a 406, 415 is top dragster uh, territory for sure. And what I thought you were going to tell me when you said driving the wheels off the thing, I thought you were going to say what he did, which was drive it about 300 feet down the track on two wheels. Because my man pulled a two-foot wheelie down the track. I think it was round six or something like that. I mean, it was a monster wheelie. And he did it to half track and still got the wind light. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Can you imagine just a 200, 300-foot wheelie and then you go down there and and, and set it down dead three or something? Just <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I mean, listen, when it's your day, it is your day because there's been many a people that have done one or the other, but not both. 
And yeah, uh, let, I mean, let's give him a lot of credit. First of all, he said, I'm going to pull in. Uh, I'm going to pull in with the fastest car on the property. And I'm going to go right to the winner circle. I mean, it, it, let's be honest. The bracket racing world has been uh, a world that has not necessarily focused on going faster. It has gotten a lot faster with the uh, with these cars here as of late. I mean, to see cars dialed 440s is not unusual anymore. But Travis stepped it up. I mean, he stepped it up. That ProCharge machine went, f- I mean, flying. And we love it. I mean, I think... That would be absolutely awesome if we had more of those cars trying to go eleven rounds for a million bucks. I mean, you get enough you get enough money at that point, you can freshen everything you want. Yeah, and uh it kind of answers the question of it can it can it be done, you know, right. with that right. type of car and in that fashion. So it's big money bracket racing is definitely bringing out a lot of different ways to do it. Uh you you see in you know, everybody thought you had to have a dragster, but door car guys kind of been proving that mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, you seeing, you know, guys like in that 575, 80 range out there dominating uh, 650 trucks. Um, now you, you got a guy out there going 4Os and 14s in a dragster. So, you know, we we gotta get the top sportsman guy out there. We need a we need a 390 player out there. Just <laughs> it's we, coming. We need Donnie Irvin or somebody, Buddy Ferguson or somebody out there just. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you, you know, listen to Mark Griffin, like he will tell you it's very possible to go rounds with a lot of these combinations, but it's getting easier and easier. And in my mind, this makes it more of a spectator sport. It makes it m- more easier to bring eyeballs to the track when cars can go low to mid fours consistently without tearing their stuff up. It is really pretty awesome. So congrats to Travis Laster Sr. for not only collecting the big check, uh, which Kyle Riley provides. And give Kyle credit. He has been an innovator in the big money bracket racing world. Like he he brought in uh, top dragster and top sportsman for a while. I don't know that he did that this past weekend, but that was you know something he's tried and he's done a handful of things that have been tried and worked in the bracket racing world and uh congrats to kyle for you know writing the big check and travis for cashing it all right let's bring this thing back in let's take a peek in the other lane jp let's do it let's take the stripe that is the show it is time to pull the shoots on episode number 119 and there it is there's the wind light and oh yeah there it is jp there it is our girl and the sweet sweet sound yeah it's good stuff i mean it is good stuff maybe one day someone will um give us a, a thought or a reason to move on but not today sir not today it was good no absolutely um, hey, we did have a great week this week, though, did we not? I mean, we promised a good show. I mean, actually, we promised not to have a good show. We promised a great show, and I think we delivered. Certainly, Mark Griffin in the compressed air supercharger. Uh, interesting stuff, uh, potentially game-changing um, for, for a lot of us in our classes. And then John O'Neill with the WDRA. It, interesting stuff from uh, just what they're doing over there and what they can do uh, long-term. 
I really like what they do for the sport. So exciting from that, that stuff, don't you think? Oh yeah, two great guests and um, very, very insightful and uh, very informative from uh, Mark Griffin and very insightful and informative from John O'Neill and WDRA looks like they're They've got, they've got, they're on the ground and running, and it looks like they're moving things in the right direction as far as what they do for track owners and, and, and uh, operators and, and things of that nature. So, look them up, guys, and see what they're all about. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, so you can check those guys out. Um, you know, WDRA and get a hold of them. Uh, you know, we talked about how you can get a hold of the Mark Griffin and the compressed air system. Um, but do us a favor on this. Um, leave us a review on SoundCloud and or iTunes. We don't know uh, why it matters, but it certainly does. The algorithms get in there and they start doing their thing. So, you know, you can say anything. You can say, uh, you know, nitrous cars matter. You can say uh, bullhorns to the front. You can say compressed airs, the new, you know, uh, whatever, new supercharger. I don't know, whatever it might be. But uh, say anything, the algorithm does not care, but it certainly um, counts it. So please do that. Guys, girls, um, I hope you enjoyed episode number 119. Keep the rubber side down. And travel safe. Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing.